Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Do I find it so hard when I know in my heart I'm letting you down every day, letting you down every day? Why do I keep on running away? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. We are glad to be back here with you in the Philly Camp Studios once again this Saturday morning. Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing this fine morning, sir? Roy, I'm doing great. And, and you know, we're, we're a couple that doesn't argue on an elevator. We do not. <laughs> we do not have arguments. We do not have albums where we put our dirty laundry out there. Um, for public consumption. Of course, that was the 444 instrumental from Jay-Z's album, 444, that just dropped a couple of days ago. Very, very busy day in, in the world of, of, of media and sports. We got 444 yesterday, and today was Christmas for a lot of NBA fans because this is the official start of NBA free agency. I'm pretty excited. How about you? Hot stove season. Hot stove SZN in the NBA happening right now. We will talk about that plenty in the last couple segments of today's show. Other stuff to get to before we get to that, including our, our poor for four segment, the four stories we think you should be talking about this week in addition to the NBA offseason. But before we get to all of that, we want to thank everybody out there who continues to listen to us and support us here on the Brawl Line. You can tune into us each and every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. here on Philly Cam Radio, 106.5 FM, WPPM LP Philadelphia. You can also listen to us each week on Spreaker Radio as well. Just go to the BS line and we'll get all of our shows, the shows we do here and the shows we do on Spreaker each and every week. Also, want to give a shout out to our friends over, actually, before I do that. I, I, I know, because I, 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 I hate to interrupt you. Yes. I think we need to give an update. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> I was gonna, uh, an update. We're going to do an official update. I want to give a shout-out to all of our friends here <coughs> at Philly Cam Radio. Philly Cam Radio, of course, last week we were on the, the, the double duty last week. Did our regular show last Saturday. Last Sunday, they allowed us to come in and do our thing on the DJ side, the two-hour DJ set. Thank everybody who came into the Philly Cam Studio. Shout-out to Jimmy Williams of War Room Sports who came in and guested with us during our Saturday show. But everybody had tons of guests and tons of surprises and, and tons all sorts of giveaways and good things here on the Philly Cam Radio last week. We got the official totals over in the last week, during last week's fundraising drive, uh, the folks here at Philly Cam Radio raised $6,700 for the radio station. Again, we are a you know a radio station that relies solely on public funding. Again, you know, there's no this is a non-commercial 
community radio station, like any, you know, all the money that we have to support what we do here, to pay for the uh, licensing fees and the antennas and the engineers and the equipment and all that stuff. But not for us. That's all, and not for us because we're all volunteers. That's all grassroots, you know, fundraising stuff. It's all raised, you know, no public funding comes into this radio station. So we needed that, and that was a good that was a good start. And we're going to keep doing fundraising drives like throughout the year. But shout out to everybody who contributed. Shout out to everybody who hosted a show, who volunteered, who answered phones here. On Philly Cam Radio, we truly, truly appreciate your. That support. makes my heart feel good. No, it's it's good because again, like a lot of people love community radio and love what we do, what the Black Tribbles do, what Success Society does, Labor Justice Radio, uh, Crack Radio. Like a lot of people like what we do here, and there's you know there's a voice here that we have that these shows wouldn't have or we wouldn't have on other radio stations. So we appreciate your support. Donations came from all across the, all across the country. We got donations from Florida. I know people got donations from California. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing. The impact that this station has had, and again, again, less than a year of being on the air. So again, thank you guys for your support. We truly, truly appreciate it. And if you hit us up on Twitter, we will show you our appreciation. You know, directly. He is yeah. at skd two one five. I am at the BS line. Hit us up. Follow us on Twitter. We'll try. We'll try. Just re- retweet like Woj tweets all weekend. Probably. <laughs> and we probably won't have good Twitter feeds this weekend because we're all about the NBA free agency, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But. Before we get to all that, we do want to talk about our four for four segment into our four sports stories. Again, not the NBA stories, not the not the main stories we're going to talk about this week. But we talked about this weekend being a good weekend. It was a great weekend from one Nick Williams. Welcome to the big show, kid. Nick Williams in the league. Now, does this make a difference at all? <laughs> I'm excited because again, I've been looking forward to Nick Williams. I've been kind of excited that Nick Williams Nick Williams finally made it here. For me, Roy, the overall it? season has just been so bad. I mean. This is bad beyond anyone's, like, imagination. Who would have thought that they'd be dangling Mikel Franco in a trade? I mean, wasn't he supposed to be part of the core? Very available. <laughs> Very, like, not just available. Very available. Very available. You're, you're supposed to best player. Very yeah, available. And then you got Odubel Herrera, who's just, I mean, frankly, not, like, his baseball IQ is not great. Some people, someone said, I forget who it was on Twitter, someone compared his, his baseball IQ to Shane Victorino. I thought Shane Victorino was 10 times smarter, a smarter baseball player than Odubel Herrera is. He might be the most fundamental, like the best player I've seen with this like, fundamentals this bad. Well, like with like your talent to IQ ratio, because like, like it, it's not proportional. Like no. usually if you have like a lot of talent, your IQ is comparable. It's at least decent, at yeah. least decent. This dude just like overruns, like he just runs himself out of plays, takes bad angles to the ball. Doesn't hustle. Doesn't, doesn't hustle. <laughs> I mean, how many times, like, like with Jimmy Rollins, you could say, okay, a handful of times in his career, he's bagged it and didn't hustle to first base right. or didn't hustle out of double play or something. This guy hasn't been in the league that long, and I could say he's almost done it as many times as Jimmy Rollins. Like this guy, like, like he'll hit, he'll hit a home run. He hits a ball who think, that he thinks is a home run. And kind of just kind of jogs around, or he just like hits a pop up and doesn't even try. Like you like this is like, and this is a good player. This is a guy they just gave a five year deal to. Like and they committed, they're committed to this guy. Well, supposedly for the future, and he just doesn't. Yeah, his baseball IQ is no terrible. And, and once again, thank God they didn't overpay on that. Like one, everyone thought it's like, oh, oh, you're like you're locking him up, locking him up early. I thought it was a great deal. To yeah, be no, and, and like so you don't have to overpay. So so when he hits real free agency, he's not worth a bundle, right? That that deal already looks terrible. No, it's it's already a bad deal. But let's go back to Nick Williams for a second again. Before he got the call up, he was batting two eighty six, 
down in AAA with 15 homers, 44 RBI, 16 doubles. So he hit, hits a little bit for power. Um, the main problem with Nick Williams was the strikeouts. 19, uh, 16 walks, 90 strikeouts. That's more than five to one strikeout ratio. <laughs> Usually, you want it the other way. Like if he was a pitcher, that'd be great. <laughs> He's a hitter, which means that's terrible. That's the thing. At least with Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard walked a lot. Yes, because that's what power hitters do. I mean, you got to have plate discipline. Because I, I mean, they're they're trying to like pitch around you. Like I mean, it's waiting for your pitch. Right. If you can't wait for your pitch, then that's the thing. Even the Phillies prospects, like I mean, they're not clean. No. Like the a lot of a lot of the guys coming up again the Alfaros the the Nick Williams they're flawed and, and, the, and the like they like they have flaws and and they have flaws that will get exposed on the major league level like I like Nick Williams like I hope he's going to be a decent player if you strike out ninety times in in half a season in AAA you're probably going to strike out a lot more on the on, <laughs> on the major league level I didn't even know that stat Roy that's I I've never seen that stat before I mean it's hat well. I'm sure it's happened for for a supposed very good prospect. Yeah, I don't know if it's happened for a guy that gets called up. Like you know what I mean? Like, you, like you'll see, like you'll see good. Usually, prospects. you don't need to wait for your plate discipline. Be like, right. yo, cut down on the strikeouts, then we'll call you. Up. Right? Yeah. Usually, like you'll see a, a good prospect go to AAA or AA, strike out a lot, and then the next year they figure it out and cut it down a little bit. Nah. But that's been his mo his entire career. Yeah, that's what he's done. Like last year was horrendous. Um, well, this is pretty horrendous too. Um, yeah, I don't know how much this, this matters, and I know people think he's might be a shot in the arm. I mean, if you want to change something up, sure. Um, that being said, I don't even know how long he's going to be here um, because they said that this might be a short-term thing, um, you know, what I call coming off the DL. But I- You know what? When this season is mercifully over, I need to ask you who the pie chart of blame is for the current Philly situation because it's bad. It's a bad situation, and, and a lot of it is just that, well, the young guys aren't ready yet, and the guys who are here are almost regressing, which is weird because, like, almost everybody's going backwards. I, I, Has anyone gotten better this year, or even oh, f- stayed the same? Oh, Aaron Altair's got better. Um, and I guess I mean, call it. I guess Nola's better, but he's been in and out of because he's rotation. injured. Yeah, so I, I don't know. <laughs> On every level of a baseball team, they struck out a free agency. Yes, ma- massively struck out a free agency. They had the DFA one of their one of their signings. Well, they they also DFA the guy who led them in saves last year. <laughs> Like Hector Neris led you like led, like uh, like led you in saves last year, and he's like, "Nah, man, we get on that." And Harry Kendrick can't stay healthy. Like Harry Kendrick's always hurt, which again shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> Jesus, no, like I, I mean, we always thought that even if it wasn't like pointing way up, right? It was pointing. It's up. going up. No. It's not pointing up anymore. Not pointing up. Definitely not pointing up. Uh, what's pointing up? Hopefully, for young kids out of high school, the uh, the NBA may be looking to lower the age limit. Uh, Adam Silver told uh, multiple people, including Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd last week, that the option of players going pro out of high school is, quote, on the table. Now, before Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, said he wanted to raise the limit, the age limit, from 19 to 20. Now he's thinking about um, lowering the age limit to 18 because he knows, just like we know, just like we saw in the Ben Simmons documentary, these kids go to school for a semester, and after that, they're just checked out. Like, they don't even care. Um, We've talked about this on the show. I will continue to bang the table for my either or age limit, eighteen or twenty. Just do it, yeah. do it, do, do it like you do in baseball, modify it a little bit, either straight out of high school, or or two years out in college. Because again, give the kids the option. Because clearly, some kids want this option. But if they go, let them go. Make them go for two years. I, I think yeah, that's no. a reasonable. I think no, reasonable. I think it's. I I mean I agree. It's just people want to say, oh, at least Ben Simmons will be able to go in, but for for that guy. What if a Malik Beasley wants to come out? 
Like, I, I mean, like, there are those flame-out eight, like, mm-hmm. high school stories, and it's like, you're not going to avoid that. You but can't I, stop it, right? Yeah, but it's like, my preference would be make it 20. I, I mean, you got to, like... Just a solid 20? Yeah. Just, just like, make, make kids go... Make kids wait two years after... Because I don't want to say go to college. No, because they, they could go Terrence Ferguson. Years. They could do what Brandon Jennings... Or, like, they could do what uh, Emmanuel Moutier did. Yeah, Brandon Jennings. But that's the thing, is, like... Going overseas is not the greatest option. I mean, you're an 18 year old kid having to learn how to play in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's tough. Yeah, uh, sorry. College for a couple of years though doesn't seem too bad. No, it, it's tough. And, and you have you have to do well. I think you have to do something because a you look at the college game and, and see where it is now. The product isn't good, right? As opposed to where it was 10 or 15 years ago. And then you see you saw in the draft, 16 of the 30 guys who were drafted this year um, in the NBA were were a college freshman. And a lot of those guys would have went straight to, straight to the NBA if they could have. Whether or not that was the right, that would have been the right decision is another thing. But, again, you have guys who are just kind of biding their time in, in college, and it doesn't really make sense for anybody. It doesn't yeah. make sense for the colleges to throw these scholarships out there at these guys who are just going to bounce anyway. Yep. And it doesn't make sense for these guys who, again, who you know either could go to the NBA if they want to or you know like, you know know learn their trade somewhere else before they make that leap from high school. It doesn't make sense, man. Like, and, you said, ha- and, and you said it perfectly, Roy. Learn your trade. Mm-hmm. It's, no, because really, basketball is an apprenticeship. Right. Like, however you want to learn how to play basketball better, do that, mm-hmm. whether it's college or whether it's overseas. But I would say more often than not, because for every Ben Simmons, there's five Leon Smiths. Right. And I want to avoid the Leon Smiths. Right. Because there's more of the Leon Smiths than there are Ben Simmons. But why why would you make it again? Because again, because I'm a, you know the big on the economist thing. Why do you want to restrain trade? Why do you want to block the ability of these kids to to come out? Because now cause now they can they can go to college for a year and do whatever. But now you're going to make them wait another year. Like why do you want to make them wait another year to to? Oh no, I don't need day? to make them wait to make money to play basketball. You can you can so make you're money. Just saying, you're just saying just go like you, like if you don't want to go to college, you don't have to. You go wherever. Yeah. But you can't come into the league until until twenty. Yeah. See, I just hate that because like, I just think like, in other sports, like it doesn't happen like that. And, I mean, I, obviously, football's different because you can't. No, but, no, but that's the thing. Why? Why is it that there's never a complaint about football? Football because well, because eighteen year olds will get killed. Like it, there's no eighteen year old player ever who would ever make the NFL and not get not get destroyed because they're not you're not physically strong enough to be in the NFL. Okay, no, but like uh, like it's I, a physical thing. Okay, so it's a so so it's not a physical thing. But like, what if a guy? So you're saying like for the for the safety of the player, like mm-hmm. mainly it's safety. Yeah, I know. Like I, I just think, like I don't know. There, there are less people complaining about it in football. Like I, I mean, well, because you can't though. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't. I don't take the best player, like high school player you ever saw in your life. Like those kids are like 165 pounds. Like they would get destroyed in the NFL. Like they would literally would physically get destroyed in the NFL. Like no no high school player ever, ever. Not but. Maybe with the exception of Adrian Peterson, because yeah, he, he was a man at fourteen. But like one guy out of ever would have so ever you're saying, gone in the NFL. Like the number of players ready for for is zero in, for, the, in, the, in, the, in the, the NFL at, at eighteen years old is zero. How is it for college basketball players? Players in the uh, high school players yeah. ready ready for the NBA? Probably like per year, probably like four or five. Ain't that many? I mean, there's probably some. So not most. Not the overwhelming majority. Not the sixteen that came out. Like all the the, the sixteen freshmen that came out and got drafted in the first round. How many of those? could No, this is a good discussion right. because I I like for me like I like I understand like free enterprise. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean earn earn what you earn what you can earn. Right. However, I'm a big person of apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. 
having the necessary skills to work. Like, I, I mean, and that's where I'm pretty steadfast on is like, I don't know. You need that seasoning. Like it, it helps you. It helps, it helps the parties involved. It helps mainly NBA basketball. I just don't want to tell people, I don't want to stop people from, from being, being able to, to basically exercise their, their, you know, economic desires. Like if you want to leave, if you want to make money, if you want to, if you are good enough to, to leave, leave high school and go make money on the professional level, Oh, you can. I don't. I don't well, yeah, you no, you, you no, can go I'm overseas. Saying, I'm saying in the NBA. Okay. I don't want to stop you. Okay. Because I don't stop you in baseball. I don't stop you in hockey. I don't stop you in individual sports. So why would I stop you in in basketball? Like I don't. I don't put a cap. I don't put a limit on any of these other sports. No, no, it's a good argument for basketball. But like, I'm just saying from an NBA point of view, mm-hmm. if you have high school players, the product isn't good. Well, that's the thing. Like, like the thing. The thing is, if you do this, like, if you go with, if you go my way. And you flip it, or if you go Adam Silver to go with the hard eighteen, you're going to have a lot of guys. Like, look again, we have the sixteen freshmen who came out. I'd venture to guess to say eleven or twelve of them probably would have just went straight to the league if they could have. At least half of those guys would, would be washed out in four years. Yeah, at least some guys who are, who are going to be good now because they went to college for a year would probably would probably be among the washouts. Like you you would probably you would have a higher washout rate. Hopefully. Everything corrects itself. Hopefully, there's a course correction, and only the good guys come out. But like you said, there's always going to be Leon Smiths. Yeah, there's and, no, no, and, and, and there's always out. agents coming to an 18, 17 year old kid or an eighteen year old kid, be like, "Oh, oh, you can make it." Right. And, right. and I, I mean, the parents want to be pot, like, like optimistic. They're probably not seeing that their kid can't can't shake it in the NBA right now. Oh, no. That like that's the thing is you need honest assessment. Right, like if you if all these guys went to like an advisor before, and the advisor gave them straight up answer, no, you aren't ready to play in the NBA. You might make you like that's the thing, and like a lot of these guys aren't. That's the thing for me, Roy is like, why would you devote a first round pick on on, on a fringe high school player? I mean, a second round pick, but they're not guaranteed potential. I mean, a lot of people because a lot of people see potential. A lot of people gamble on potential. Um, that I mean, I understand the reasoning why you do it. I wouldn't necessarily do it. But I understand the reasoning because if you're the guy who finds that high school guy who's a gem and who can be a gem, you know, with a couple years of seasoning, then you know, then you're you're set for life. For me, anyway, this would make more separation between younger American players and younger international players because that's where the international players, in my opinion, are or or have a leg up on some of these younger players is mm-hmm. they played right. Like you they're had, playing in grown men leagues, right? You have these young, you have these international guys, these 19, 20 year old international guys. Who've been playing pro ball for like three years, and, and that means something. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely it definitely means something. So hopefully, I don't think there's going to be any any resolution on this anytime soon. But hopefully, there's some more discussion about this because it, it's an, it's an interesting topic. Oh no, it um, is, and, and like because I think, regard like I think whatever they do, it's gonna help both. Like I, I think for me anyway, the the two like like the two year league helps. I think both leagues, the eighteen year old league, I think helps college basketball immensely because you're actually dedicating like resources that are buying in. And I think it, I don't think it would hurt the NBA product. I think it would just hurt it just a tad. I, I would, I would agree. I think it would. Yeah. Cause the thing is like the college, you have to do something about this college. Product. No, Cause there's no continuity. Cause, Cause a, there's no continuity. B you're having a lot of guys come in and, and with a dearth of skills. Like you have a lot of players who just don't know how to play basketball and making a joke out of the college basketball system. Right. I mean, they're going to cl- class for uh, a semester, a semester, and th- and that's it. So it's, it's kind of crazy. All right, we'll switch gears. One more quick story before we take a break. 
This is the most interesting story of the week. Uh, former Redskins running back Clinton Portis confessed to wanting to kill his former financial advisor. Um, there was one day, uh, apparently Clinton Portis, um, well, not apparently, Clinton Portis literally made a lot of money during his career, literally lost all, almost all of his money because of poor financial advice, and waited outside the offices of his financial advisors with a gun. And he wanted to kill his financial advisor because of poor investing decisions. See, uh, he got talked out of it. Roy, Roy, like initially when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, he wanted to kill him." It's like, "Oh, figuratively." Right, like, no. I, I mean, I want to kill you. No. Like, this was John Cheney, John Calipari. I want to kill you. He said it was. He said, "Quote: This was no beat up. This was kill. Like, like as Eddie Murphy would say, C I L L kill <laughs> my financial advisor with a like. This dude was out. He got talked out of it. Obviously, you know, and cooler heads prevailed. But I mean, guys, like players losing, like you know, we've seen this story a lot. This is Players a cautionary tale. Millions of dollars and financial advisors get a hold of this money and then they don't have millions of dollars anymore and things happen. Like I heard like Charles Barkley was on with Mike Missinelli uh, er- earlier this week on another station. He, and he said his, after his first four years in, in the NBA, he was broke because his financial advisor like just took his money and just made bad investments. And Charles Barkley, again, you know, at that time was an all-star. At that time was already an all-NBA guy, was basic, was essentially broke after four years in, in the NBA. This is a very cautionary tale. Like players, people, you got to keep track of your money, man. Yeah, and and I, I think for, and because I remember the, that documentary broke. Mm-hmm. That yes, these these athletes want to like diversify their portfolio. No, you don't need to do that, sir. You can just let that money sit. Or- I mean, you can, <laughs> you should. Don't invest in Swampland in Alabama. Yeah, or like, right? don't think you can buy a Cheesecake Factory franchise. Right. Like I don't know. Like. Invest in some stocks. Like, you gotta, I, I you gotta mean, yeah, get bonds. Yeah, like get T bills. Because I think they they see they want to open up some uh, running a business is hard work. It's hard work, and you're not around to s- actually see what's going on. You're like trusting these people. Like I mean, you really need to like put people like. But that's the thing. You don't even want family members doing it because who knows if the family members know what they're doing. You need to – seriously, to be honest with you, you need to do the LeBron thing. You need to take your boys. You need to make your boys go to school. And, and and then once they're in school and once they learn the ins and outs of business, have them run your affairs. Yeah. That, that like That's the, the smartest thing. Like, like Rich Paul and Maverick Carter and all, all those dudes, that was the smartest thing LeBron ever could have done. He's like, yo, you guys go to school. You guys figure it out. And then we're going to build something where we all eat. Like everybody yeah. eats. That's the way to do it. But most people, you know, again, they said, you know what? I'm going to invest money in this casino, like in, 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 <laughs> on, on, on like this Native American land, and we're going to get rich off of it. And like it doesn't work. Like there was a study back in 2015. Uh, they did a study of NFL players. Nearly 16 percent of NFL players file for bankruptcy within 12 years of retirement. That's crazy. That's insane. Like if you're an, if you have an average NFL career, and just an average NFL career. You're making a couple of million dollars over over the life of just an average like four or five year career. You're making a couple million dollars. You really should not be going bankrupt within twelve years. See that, and that's where I think it's always prudent. Like I, I mean, go back and get your degree. Yeah, because that's where. But like I, I mean, these these guys think that they're not going to like. They don't I mean, need it. and because one, they're spending above their means. I, I, I mean, and, and you know what, dude. You can live lavishly and like still like live okay, like or still have money in the bank. It's just once again, if I were an athlete, I'd have all this on my phone. Like I like I would know everything that's coming in of my in and out of my accounts. I know that's hard, but I, I mean I would make it a priority. 
But you wouldn't let randos have access to your money. That's no, the thing. that yeah. just that just sounds crazy. Doesn't make any sense. Like, these people just have random people have access to, oh, to yeah. their money. Oh yeah, yeah. Here, access my my bank account. Right. Just clean me out. Just like I know you need. Like you might need something. So here's here's access to two hundred fifty grand. Go just go ham with it. Like no. Like, and what? it just and it doesn't help that 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 you got a lot of leeches. And, oh yeah. And, and those leeches might be family members. Yep. Shout out to Ryan Howard. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick, quick break. On the other side, we're going to get into the NBA news of the week and the weekend. News breaking by the minute. We will keep you up to date here with all the NBA offseason stuff. You're listening to the Broad Street Line on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Welcome back to the Broad Street Line. Roy Burton, Chris Domingo here with you for segment number two of the show. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is NBA Christmas for a lot of people. The NBA offseason, I guess, officially kicks off today, even though it's kind of been kicked off for the last few weeks <laughs> uh, with all the trades that are, that are going down. Speaking of trades, the big news of the day. By the way, oh, sorry, Roy, yeah. a lot has happened this week. <laughs> We've got Jimmy Butler got traded at the draft. Oh, we had the draft. Um, <laughs> oh, no, before that, we had Markel Fultz getting, tra- like, the number one pick getting traded to the Sixers. Number one pick getting traded. We had the draft. We had trades at the draft, which included Jimmy Butler getting set from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference to Minnesota for Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. There were a couple picks thrown in, thrown in as well. A couple of days later, Chris Paul, arguably the best point guard in the NBA, traded to the Houston Rockets to join to link up with James Harden down in H-Town, and then last night, a huge trade. Paul George traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Victor Oladipo and Damata Sabonis. Doesn't seem like a good haul Oh, you for... said a, a bag You said a bag of peanuts. Right? I, I didn't say a bag of peanuts. I'm higher on, on Oladipo than most. This is a bad deal. Oh, this no. This is a bad deal. I can't... I cannot remember a worse trade. This is a bad deal. This is a horrible... No, and, horrible and more importantly... This guy's a perennial All-NBA guy. And you, like... Like someone said, you actually got salary cap relief from this trade somehow, and you got Paul George yes. because I, I mean Victor Oladipo is bad contract. Yeah, a terrible contract. I mean he's a nice player, but I mean like I, I think I think he is the player who he is an athletic two who can't shoot, mm-hmm. and athletic twos that can't shoot aren't worth twenty million dollars. Nope. I, I I can't explain it. No, like, usually you get a pick or something. I, I really think this is. Because I, I've been, I, I was fascinated by this. I really think this was the Pacers just being petty. Like they could have gotten trades from the Lakers, but they didn't want to get Paul George to his destination. I'm like, that's a terrible deci- That's a terrible reason not to do a trade. I, I would imagine at some point you could have made a deal, whether it be the Lakers or Boston, or you know the rumored three way deal that people were talking about with, with, that involved the Cavaliers. You would have gotten something better than this, right? Like even if you just traded with Boston and got two picks, like you could have got a like, 
I was thinking, Roy, I'm like, the six I the Sixers could have made a good trade. Like, even if you just got Paul George for one year. If you got yeah, if you had Dario in a first round pick, yeah, like, no. fine, sure, here you go. Would you have done that for a year of Paul George? Sure, why not? I mean, I probably should not have, but I, I would do it. No, no, and I think this shows, Roy, that if you have any inkling that your star is a little disgruntled or wants to leave, trade him immediately. Like, because you are like but it's the Pacers. I mean, they're a small market team mm-hmm. that aren't that isn't getting any high, any any free agents to sign unless you, you trade them. They're not trying to hold on, but holding on just left you with no leverage. And then once like once Paul George like pulled the rug up from you, he was like, "I'm leaving." Right, kind of left you hanging. You hold the bag, and, and that's the thing. If like if if you if you get that inkling, just make sure no one goes public with it. Because as soon as somebody knows that your star wants to leave, you have zero leverage. Or, or less nothing, leverage than 100. Back. Oh, no. I, I was thinking about it. Remember when Darren Williams got traded to the Nets? Mm-hmm. No one knew. Right, right, right. And, and I, I mean, they got a pretty good haul for it. They got a first-round pick. They got Derek Favors. I mean, that really is because – but I get, like, why the team won because they, they're trying to, like, make things right. No, I, I mean, if the star player doesn't want to be there, like, that's why, like, man – like, but kudos to OKC for going all in. I, I mean, this is. I mean, they could be left with no stars next year. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame OKC for going all in. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, well, no, it will not work. But I don't blame them. I mean, go for it. Why not? Like you well, for one year, you're going to go hard at it. It won't work. But again, you you tried. You took your shot. You're no, OKC. I think this shows that yeah. in some way, not this super team concept is good because I mean, wh- when has the NBA offseason been this hot? Uh, I can't remember. Never. I can't remember. Like, I guess you know, with the exception of like you know LeBron and them going to Miami, but that was a different situation. But like you have, you have again, the Houston Rockets are, are a team people are talking about. Now you have the OKC Thunder, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, another team people are, people are talking about. Like you have teams, like you have a lot. Like the Western Conference has a lot of teams that people are talking about. Um, maybe Andre Iguodala goes to the Spurs. He's talking to the Spurs today. You have a lot of you have a lot of energy in the in the Western Conference. We haven't seen that kind of energy in a single offseason in, in quite some time. Speaking of the Western Conference, uh, Chris Domingo's favorite point guard got traded within the conference. Ricky Rubio traded to Utah for protected first-round pick. And now the Timberwolves, the team you just mentioned, are going to sign Jeff Teague. A lot of stuff going down frees up a little bit of space in the Eastern Conference. Course, a lot of space. Of course, Joel Embiid couldn't help himself. He says because now he's like, there's some playoff spots freeing up. He went on Twitter last last night to get playoff spots getting, getting freed up. Can you remember I, the Eastern Conference being this bad? I mean, well, if I thought about it, I probably could. Because, I mean, look, Washington's still good. Toronto's probably still good if Lowry stays. <laughs> what if he doesn't stay? Milwaukee, well, that's a different situation. Milwaukee's good. Cleveland's good. I mean, you have four teams. Four. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying you have four teams that ain't bad. What um, about five to eight? You have four teams that ain't bad. <laughs> I, I really didn't – I thought the Sixers were a year away from making the playoffs. I think they can make the does, playoffs this year. Does this change the course the, the course no. for, for the Sixers? No. I think, you're, I think the Sixers' course is always to be to, – to always to be be good when LeBron's old. Okay. I think that's always been the course. Or when LeBron goes to the Western Conference. Or when LeBron goes to the Western Conference. But but either way, like 30 – like when LeBron's 35 years old, you need to be – you need to be like in – like. In your street, in your in your peak, yeah. right there, like hitting your stride, right there. No, that's I think why that's always been the course. And I think that this course might happen next off season because I don't know what LeBron does. I don't know what LeBron does. Uh, and aren't teams just like waiting to like press the like the nuclear the nuclear button if, if LeBron leaves? Be like, okay, we're all in. 
Well, isn't that what Boston's really but, doing? But isn't this isn't this a nuclear button for some of these teams? Like, isn't isn't the Chris Paul joining Houston? Because then Chris Paul can leave after next year. Isn't this the nuclear button? See, I, I, think, I think everybody's kind of hitting this button a year. Well, not a year. No, early, like, I think Western Conference teams are like because like it's hard to waste a, even a year of a superstar's prime. True. Like that's the thing, James Harden. I, I mean, like you need to strike when when the world's hot. You need to strike when when the world's hot for. I mean, a lot of these guys. Right. That's the thing with the Sixers is, I mean, you're not really wasting a year. No, no, no. No, like like these guys got to figure this out. Like, Same with the Bucks or like right. that's the thing I think with the uh, and like a team like the Celtics. I mean, I don't even know what the heck they're doing because they're in the they're in like they have a lot of both. They have a lot of young players, but they also have a lot of guys that are going to be expensive soon. The Celtics just need to like throw a bucket of money at Gordon Hayward and just because again, the Celtics could be that team next year when if and when LeBron decides whatever he wants to do. Even if LeBron stays in Cleveland next year, the Celtics could be that team. Like, like not this season coming up, then the season after that. Like they could be the prime t- uh, the prime team in the Eastern Conference. So so would you if, if you're Danny Ainge? Yes. Are you just hold are are you just "Quote unquote," kicking the can. This no, year. no, I'm saying like I, I make the signing now. Like, oh the, no, 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 but like you signed Gordon Hayward, but are you going all in for all the other players? Are you trying to build your super team before or after LeBron leaves? I think you, I think you're at a point where you can do it now. I, I think because even you, though if you get killed on a trade, like because I don't think you can get killed on like I guess for Paul George, it's one of those things where like if you know he's going to LA, I mean. Yeah, like if, can, if I, can you yeah. really fault the guy for not overpaying for a rental? Right, like if I'm Danny Ainge, like I, I'm not, I don't kill Danny Ainge for for not trading multiple firsts for Paul George. Like I, I don't, I, you know, it's whatever. But I mean, like if you want to sign a Gordon Hayward, just throw him a ton of money. If you want to trade for a guy who's going to be there for a couple of years, I don't have a name in mind. But if you want to trade for a guy who's going to be there for a while, while you you know become that team, that next team in the Eastern Conference, then you have the assets. Just do it now. Like don't wait until 2018. Um, to, to make those yeah, when deals. like everyone's engaged, because I right. think everyone is going to be in, as Daryl Morey said, arms race mode. Because because that's the thing is like, at soon enough the Bucks are going to want to be in arms race mode. Right. Maybe in a couple of years the Sixers will be. Right. The the Wizards are now, but they can't acquire any arms because they don't have any arms. Yeah, like I, the, the Wizards are kind of in a in a weird spot. But again, like the, you have the Wizards and, and Toronto and Milwaukee. And if you're if you're Boston, you're one you're easily like I was gonna say one guy away from beating those teams. You're already better than those teams. You're one piece away from putting a lot of distance between yourself and those teams. Um, and then whatever Cleveland does, Cleveland does. But again, like this this should be your conference, you know, in two seasons. Like you should be running the Eastern Conference. Oh no, absolutely. Years. That that's why like I keep going back and forth. Is like should like should Danny Ainge be like like in a rush? But it's like I, I mean he's playing the long game, obviously. But obviously. Like, but I mean, at some point, you got a lot of players that are going to want a lot of money, like an Avery Bradley. Like I, I mean, that's the thing is like, don't you need to find your core right now? You don't need, you don't know your core because you don't even know if you want to pay your core. That's the thing. It's like, do you like is Isaiah Thomas your core? Uh, yeah. Do you want to pay it, like Isaiah Thomas who's going to be up for a thirty-five million? Like I mean, I, I don't know. I like. To me, the answer is no. You know what I mean, like Danny <laughs> that's Ainge why, has to make that question. That's, that, that's, that's why I was question. telling people they they they. They screwed up by not drafting Markel Fultz. If you would have said, okay, draft Markel Fultz and trade Isaiah. T- but it's hard to say, okay, we just made the East Eastern right. Conference. Fu-. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can't say, oh, we've been winning like this with our best player. But we're going to trade him to, like, draft, like, a younger player. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we, we just got the number one seed. Like, this kid just came off of averaging 28 points a game. 
And clutch as anything. He's like clutch guy, you know, face of the franchise, you know, no awards or whatever like that. Oh, let's just trade him and get his re- draft his replacement and then trade him. Like, yeah, no, bad, like like that. Like note. I mean, as fans, you're like, oh, oh, of course, do that. But like right. as like an organization, you're like, what message are you sending to the players? You're like, yo, you just traded our best player, dude. But here's the thing: you could have drafted the two of those guys, did the whole let's see if it'll work together. It doesn't work together, <laughs> and then you trade him. No, but like, doesn't that? Haven't we been down that road before? No, but I'm saying like that's just what you do. Like you don't then you don't look bad at that point. But by the way, babe, being a GM would be the most stressful job for me because like you would like you got to factor in every aspect. You got to fa- figure out the the the, the player aspect, mm-hmm. the organizational, the fan. Like I mean, sorry, the fan reaction matters, it matters a little it bit. Matters to some extent. It matters to, to, to a little bit of an extent. Yeah, no, there's a but, lot. But but of... the Celtics are in bad shape. I mean, they're in amazing shape. No, uh, the, the Celtics are fine. Like they're not moving the way Celtics fans want them to move. Or people in the NBA think they should move. But would, would, would you be right now? Like obviously, you're like, yo, I want Gordon Hayward. I want Paul George. But at the end of the day, you're still cool if, if you're a Celtics fan. <sighs> they got to do something. Like to me, if I'm a Celtics fan, they would have to do something. Something of note to this all. Look, I'll no, say oh, no, no. They need Gordon Hayward. No, if they if they sign Gordon Hayward, you'd be like, I'll be fine. In. I'll be, oh yeah, I'll be all, all in. I'll be fine because I think he fits perfect. I yeah. mean, like, and, and I mean, they got a bunch of like modern day wings. Right, like you know, you you have to do something because you saw what happened last year. Obviously, you're not on the same level as the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have to do something. If you don't do anything, if you strike out on all these guys, if you like, obviously you tr- you traded away the, the chance to get to get faults. Like you didn't get any of the big name free agents. Um, or you didn't even trade for a big name guy like a Paul George or, or Blake Griffin. You got to do something. Oh yeah, you because if do you something. don't end up with Gord Hayward, you look bad. You look bad. And, and now, yeah. I mean, if since you don't, you didn't trade for these guys, Gordon Hayward is less likely. Because if you would have gotten Jimmy Butler, you would almost would have guaranteed Gordon Hayward. Or if you would have got him, well, now it's like probably yeah, yeah. Like now, like I mean, what's to say that Pat Riley can't swoop up and be like, yo? I, I mean, how much? If we had Gordon Hayward, how much, how much less better are we than the Celtics, the Sixers? Oh no, the Heat. Oh, see, I don't, I'm not sold on the Heat, but maybe that's just me. I, I, no, I because um, Whiteside's a bozo. Yeah, like Whiteside's is whatever. But again, like and Gordon Hayward again, like it wouldn't take a whole lot of convincing to get Gordon Hayward to go to go to Florida again. There's no state tax. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> like, and, and once again, this is the thing you, people have to figure out is like one, it's hard to turn down Miami. Miami's beautiful, and it's hard to turn down. A guy who literally has a bag of rings. When the man comes in, <laughs> when, he, when, when he comes into the room. Because he might be, next to Jerry West, the one guy you, you bring in to, like, close the deal. Jerry Colangelo. <laughs> Team USA's finest, Jerry Colangelo. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to talk about Jerry Colangelo and talk about his team, the Philadelphia 76ers, as they make their moves in the free agents, uh, the free agent season. You're listening to... The Broad Street Line on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia.
Welcome back to the Broad Street Line. He is Chris Domingo. I'm Roy Burton. We're here for the final segment of this week's show. We've been on the air for close to 40 minutes now, and I don't think any news is broken. This is like a record for, for the first day of free agency. No news broken. No any, bombs. Any, no bombs. <laughs> no, no Woj bombs. No Stein bombs. Um, I don't even know who else drops a bomb. Ramona, 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 Ramona Shelbourne, Shelbourne bombs. bombs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shell bombs. Shell bombs. Yeah, that's like, yeah, no shell bombs here. Um, but a lot of stuff happening around the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers reportedly interested in J.J. Reddick. 12.01. 12.01 a.m. The collared the, one's like. Ma- made the meeting. Had the meeting. Hi, can I speak to J.J. Reddick, please? Uh, J.J. Reddick supposedly or, or reportedly offered a one-year deal in the $20 million plus range by the Philadelphia 76ers. For those of you who don't know, J.J. Reddick, 6'4", shooting guard, formerly of the Los Angeles Clippers, will not be going back to the Clippers because they are terrible, uh, shot 43% from, from deep last year, 41.5% from three uh, for his career, averaged 15 points a game, shooting guard, dead-eye marksman, literally the perfect guy to put around the rest of these you, guys. You could argue, outside of the, the Warrior guys, he's the best shooter in the NBA. Yes. 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 I, I mean... I agree. Like... I, I, and I thought about this last night when I was trying to go to bed. Is I mean, he he, he can he can play off the ball. Like you run screens off him, which opens up a lot of other stuff for all your other players. Yes. I, I mean, you could like I mean, he, he's a functional ball handler. You could put him in a pick and roll. Like I, I mean, but mainly his thing is playing off the ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sitting in a corner. Like I, I mean, once again, where Brian Colangelo said, or no, Brett Brown said, space, spacing. We need spacing. Yep, more than anything. He is the spacer. <laughs> he is the perfect spacer. He is space invader. Like this is what this is what you need. Like, JJ but, so perfect. like, are are you cool with them not extending it to two years? Well, I, I'll say this: one year deal. I don't think gets it done. No, no. But would you? If are you okay with offering JJ Redick a two four two year deal, forty million dollars? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh uh, no, no. Like I went back and forth, but I'm like because two guards don't age well. Correct, but I'm willing to take that risk. I, I mean, if it's a if JJ Redick has a good year and just absolutely falls off in the second year, it's just it's a sunk you, you cost. You deal with it, right? But I mean, I don't think he will because he's 32. I 33. Mean, he, 33. He, oh, 33. Mm-hmm. Keeps himself in good shape. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, will, will will the backcourt not be the best defensively? Sure. You have, but you have Covington cleaning up their mess. I mean, once again, you can't get both. No. I'd rather, and we say this: Would you rather have defense or spacing? I'd rather have spacing. I'd rather have spacing. Again, with this team, with Ben Simmons, with Joel Embiid, uh, Mark Walt to some extent, Markel Fultz, you need spacing. You need guys to, to allow these other guys to create. You need a shooter on the edge. You need J.J. Redick. He's the guy. I don't care. Give him, give him two years. Like, well, What is the most you'd offer? Uh, 20, uh, 44? Yeah, probably twenty two a year, but still, I don't care. But you that's the it. thing you about JJ Reddick. I don't think if you give him two and forty, the guy's made seven million dollars for the last four years. Right, the guy's been ma- massively underpaid. He'll take a two year like and like He'll take two I, and forty and one. The team's on the rise. I mean, like I think at this point he is at the cash me out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cash me outside. Yeah, he's a cash me outside. How about that? <laughs> time of his career, he's gonna get paid. This is this is his last big contract. So get the two and forty. Just give him the money. Because look, he's considering he's considering Houston, which I don't think has the money. But no. if he wants to win, that's fine. And Brooklyn, who's terrible, but they have money. And 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 he owns a place there. But Philly ain't too far away from Brooklyn, dude. Yo, Estella runs in Brooklyn a day, <laughs> a day. There's an Estella train in Brooklyn. Multiple. 
So you can you can get from back and forth. It's cool. It don't matter. No, man. like you know money. what? This morning I'm like, this is the guy. I I don't want anybody else because if you don't get JJ Redick, I don't even know who you should even get. Um, there are rumors that the Sixers are sniffing around one Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I know you're a big fan of. The no, I, I mean I already said no more young like and and for that element, JJ Redick, you need vets. You need veteran leaders. <laughs> you can't have all these young guys. No, because you just got rid of one. Gerald Henderson got the buyout, the $1 million buyout. Thank you for your service, Gerald Henderson. We truly appreciate it. Um, but you really don't have any veteran leaders on this roster. And you need it. And and I and, and I saw that the Sixers were interested in Amir Johnson, which, yes. I mean. That's I mean, okay. I'm fine with that. A, it's whatever. You I mean, big. Yeah, like, I mean, this team isn't a good rebounding team. No. The one thing that Amir Johnson can do is rebound. Is rebound. Get a rebounding, get a rebounding guy. Get a get a, a veteran guy, somebody off the bench who can teach these young guy, big guys, you know, how to be professionals. Like that's fine. Ja. I'm, I'm good with. Excuse me, Ja. You see how slim Jaleel Okafor <laughs> no, is? No, 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 no. Well, but will he looks good? Will him being slim help him rebound better? Yes, he's got he's got like when the, the slimmer Ja <laughs> is going to give more effort against the Miami Heat next year. Like when he when he's standing in the paint against against the Heat. And Tyler Johnson standing like five feet away, he will put his hands up this time to to stop t- stop Tyler Johnson from taking that jump shot. Do you trust like? And I don't know, like I do. Do you trust this regime to not give out bad contracts? I do, um, I do. Because because to be honest, I mean, this how many contracts? Like, I don't even think it's possible for them to give out a bad contract. If that makes sense, like it's good, like. Like oh no, go giving Joe Ingles four and seventy two okay. would be a bad that'd be a bad contract. But I don't like all right. It's possible as the Orlando Magic has shown, you can give out bad contracts. I oh, they're they're low key the worst franchise in the league. But if you gave if you gave KCP four and eighty eight or whatever like whatever the number is, like I don't like it. Oh, that would be. I don't know, but I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think that's the worst contract. Well, what if you in the gave world? JJ Redick three and fifty four? I deal with it. I, 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 wow! I don't so know. I'm, like I need JJ Redick. I need JJ. <laughs> By the way, he is one guy in the NBA. I I was completely wrong about coming out of college. I thought he was going to be, but he turned himself into a hell of a player. I, I mean, like I mean, he is a not and he's a he's functional in every area. It's not mm-hmm. like he's a shooter and doesn't do anything else. Right. I mean, he can put the ball on the floor. Right. He plays okay defense. Like he, like he doesn't get you any more of the other counting stats. Like he ain't rebounding for you, or he's not making plays for you. But he scores for you. He can create with the, you know, with the ball. He can work without the ball. He's a functional defensive player. Like he's not great, but he's functional. He won't kill you. Again on, on defense, he's the guy you want. I'll go three years for JJ. I don't care. <laughs> wow, you are. I, are, are, I need are, are JJ no, no, like, damn, you're you, talking me into this. You are, put it. You put it best. He literally is the third best shooter in the league. Are the best shooter in the league who doesn't wear a Warriors uniform. He's the best guy in the league. And why, why would you like, take it? And, and a shooter like that makes everybody on the floor better. Yes. Makes Embiid better. Makes Embiid makes, a lot better. Makes Simmons better, knowing he can confidently throw a no look dime to him and know what's going in. He can literally throw the ball to anybody else on the court and have decent confidence that they'll make a three. Decent. Because you could argue that I, I mean, like with him. He's probably the second next MB, the second most dangerous scorer on the team. Like he's, you got to account for him. Yeah, even more than Fultz at this point. You get, yeah, you can't cheat off of JJ Redick. And that's the thing, you can't cheat off of any of these guys if you have JJ. Well, maybe Covington to an extent, but you can't cheat off of any of these guys. And that's the kind of guy you need. You need to make your players, like we say it in our coaching, let like like less guardable. <clears throat> Where like I, I mean like you have to say okay, we got to account for this guy every time. Right. 
You got to get a hand in his face every time. We can't leave him. We can't. We can't leave double somebody else and leave this guy open. It's. I. I mean, I know he's not on the level of a Hollis Thomas. Honk for JJ Reddick. Oh, sorry, Hollis Thompson. Yes, I, I know you, you hate Hollis Thompson. <laughs> Again, two years in a row, forty percent, man. That dude was a dead eye shooter. Is, is the guy still in the league? Um, don't, don't ask me those questions. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're talking about other things as they relate to the Sixers. Speaking of the Sixers and shooting guards, a shooting guard from overseas is set to join the Sixers this offseason. Yes, my favorite 19-year-old, Furkan Korkmaz, coming over. Had to pay money out of his own damn pocket. A lot of money as well. Furkan Korkmaz had a $2 million buyout with his club over in Turkey. The Sixers are, are can pay, and they were going to pay, 675000 of that $2 million. Furkan Korkmaz is on the hook for the rest of it, the $1.3 million. <laughs> Man, does he have to pay it. that like off the rip? Installments. Oh, oh okay, because I was like, darn, Furkan Korkmaz has $1.3 million in his bank account? He's got an, he's got an installment plan, but for, again, Furkan Korkmaz is going to sign that rookie contract, uh, that he, well, the rookie uh, rookie scale contract. What is that? Uh, I believe it's four and six and change. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, I can so look it up. Oh, oh so he's going to make a million a year. A million and change a, a oh, year, I believe. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So he'll make that back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll, he'll make it back. So it's not, not a big deal. Um, 19 years old, uh, six seven shooting guard, averaged 10 points, uh, 11 points, and four rebounds a game last year. Most importantly, he shot nearly 40% from three and was named the best young player in the Turkish league. He won't last play season. much this year. I don't think he's going to play much. He's Well, first of all, he's buried behind a, a lot of guys in, on the death chart. Yeah, well, but, no, Roy, I, I want to ask you, is there a guy who's not going to be on the team this year, one of these wings? Uh, They have space, and you have a larger roster this year. So I think the guys – I think all these guys probably make it. You think Stauskas is you, – you think Stauskas I think Stauskas makes it. I think Anderson makes it. Uh, obviously, TLC makes it. I think the, all these guys make it. Because, um, again, you have – basically, you have 15 spots in like two, quote-unquote, <laughs> D-League spots or inactive spots. There's there's enough space for everybody. Um, whether or not there's enough time for everybody is a different story. Like, I, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I can't remember another time in my immediate life that the Sixers had this many functional basketball players. Oh, it's been a long time, man. <laughs> it's been a long time. Like, this was even pre, like, I don't know, like, this was even before, like, the Doug Collins era because they had some – no, nah, nah, the, the Doug Collins teams had had functional. They had twelve or thirteen functional basketball players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they I, 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 I didn't they enjoy any of them. Yeah, they weren't they weren't great basketball players. But you know, again, they weren't the uh, Darius Johnson Odoms and, <laughs> and you know Larry Drew the seconds and Alex Poitras and those kind of guys. Oh, not, because not, you'll see them no, in summer league. Yeah, but no, 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 no shot to Alex Poitras, who's a decent player. But I mean, yeah, like he's not a, he's on a rotation. No, guy. do you think so? They will sign two vets. I think they'll sign two vets. I think they'll sign a shooting guard of some sort and a big man of some sort. I hope when I pick this phone up, there's a Woj bomb that says the J- Sixers have signed JJ Redick to a three-year, fifty-seven million. I don't know. I don't want that. I, don't, I want the, the Sixers have signed JJ Redick to a one-year, twenty million. Dollar deal. <laughs> That's the one I want. Um, but if I get the three-year, fifty-seven, so, I'll, I'll live so with it. just to reiterate, if you're if you're Calandra, you're, yes. you're you're budging a little bit. You gotta get. You gotta come off the one. You're not gonna get Redick for a one. He's I 30, think you'll get it for two. He's 33 years old. He's not gonna sign a one year deal. If you throw 40 million dollars at JJ Redick's face, he ain't turning that down. Like unless you really want to live next to your loft in Brooklyn, <laughs> like you must. Can you someone must really... like get him like a season pass for like Amtrak? Does a guy just do whatever? Like uh, like Josh Harris <laughs> is a helicopter. Yes. Like Josh Harris goes to New York all the time. Just take catch a ride in Josh Harris's helicopter and go from New York to Philly whenever you want. You know, I, I think that might be the I think that might be the deal breaker. Like, like I, that might close the deal. Like, is that legal? If it's not, then make it legal. <laughs> I guess it's cool. 
Put in a clause in his contract. Have because one, because this will be the first time in a while where no, wrong. I, I was like, dude, if we don't get Alshon, I'll be pretty upset. No, like I mean, yeah, because I don't know anyone else who I even remotely want. You you really aren't big on Contavious Caldwell Pope. What about what about Otto Porter? No, you know who I'd want? C.J. Miles. Okay. I, no, like I, I mean, I don't because I, none of these guys because Otto Porter Jr. hasn't shown me for multiple years he can shoot. And I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope, he can't shoot really. He's okay. But, but, like, no, like, you need a mark. Like, obviously, you want a guy who created his own shot. Right. KCP can a little bit, but mm-hmm. not enough for him. Like, he's not Jamal Crawford. No. No. But he's a guy who can grow along with the rest of these guys, and hopefully. No, we don't need any more growers. We need someone who's grown. Well, I'm just, well, yeah, all right. I, I, <laughs> look, like, I want J.J. Reddick, too. Like, we're, you know, you are going to get the choir here. Like, you're preaching to the choir. Like, I, I get it. However, if you sign up, if you strike out on J.J. Reddick, I wouldn't hate the idea of one of these other guys. Well, what about it. Gallo? I love Gallo. Oh, you can bring Gallo in tomorrow. You can bring Gallo and Reddick and Reddick in if you want, Like to be honest with you. I'll take them both. No, no. Would you be leery about giving Gallo a multi-year deal? Uh, no, not, no, no. I like Gallo, man. Like Danilo, we're talking about Danilo Gallinari, by the way, um, who, who's a big – actually, he's a, he's a very versatile guy who can play in multiple positions and who can fill it up a little bit. I love Danilo Gallinari, man. I think he, that kid can score. Even though he's – Pretty injury prone. No, so is the whole team. <laughs> he fits right in. All right, so you are all in on the spacing. I need spacing. The space I, between buckets. I need, <laughs> I need a man who can take take the orange basketball, the pebbled the pebbled round ball, preferably from eighteen to twenty, like, like nineteen feet out. No, 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 no. from twenty three plus, <laughs> and he can throw it inside that ring, and it goes through the ring and touches the cotton net below it. I want guys who could do that a lot, preferably with like not hitting the rim. Preferably without 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 hitting that orange ring, yes. Because That's what I want. just I'm being selfish. If 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 the Sixers got Redick and or Gallinari, they'd be pretty awesome in video games. Because before, <laughs> when's the last time that you could shoot with a Sixers team? It's been a long time, and because you hate Hollis Thompson, <laughs> um, so for you, it's been a long time since you also. I hate, never thought I wanted. I n- never thought I'd want a Duke player this bad. You hate Jody Meeks too. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so for you, it'd be a be a long a long time. All right, that is it for this week's edition of the Broad Street Line. Thank you guys for tuning in. As Thank always, you, everyone. We'll be back with you next Saturday morning here at 10 a.m. on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Hopefully we'll have some news on J.J. Reddick. Hopefully we'll have some news maybe on Danilo Gallinari. Um, hopefully for Chris, we do not have any news on Contagious Caldwell Pope, <laughs> but we will discuss any news that we have next week here on the show. But until then, we are done. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you next Saturday, everybody.